0: This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Stempster. And
1: I'm Claire Kimball.
0: It's Friday the 12th of January. In your Squiz today... Getting ready for Queen Mary, troubling times in Papua New Guinea, giving up on resolutions and some Moorish meatballs. This is your Squiz today. Get set for a weekend packed with news about preparations for the crowning of Mary Donaldson as the Queen of Denmark, Claire. It's an incredible moment for the Tasmanian who became a member of the Danish royal family 20 years ago. And I guess we should say Sunday's ceremony isn't all about her,
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> I think as far as we're concerned, it's all about her. Um, Mary will become the Queen Consort. Really, it's all about her husband, Frederick. He's becoming the King of Denmark. And it's all happened because his mother, Queen Margrethe II, she announced that she was stepped down from the throne in her New Year's address. That was almost a couple of weeks ago and it makes her the first Danish royal to do that in nearly 900 years. That was a shock because she's 83 years old and she had said that she planned on ruling for life. But Margrethe has pointed to her age and her health as reasons for handing over the reins.
0: And she chose Sunday for her abdication because it marks the 52nd anniversary of her own crowning back in 19. 19- which was following the death of her father, King Frederick. And Claire, it will be a bittersweet day for Danes.
1: Yeah, bittersweet because Margrethe is much loved and that's despite being known as one of the world's grumpiest royals. Um, She speaks her mind when she (laughs) thinks she needs to and Danes really seem to appreciate her straight talking ways. Uh, She's also pursued her interests in art and design while raising a family. She's been on the throne for a long time, but since Mary joined the family, she's been credited with breathing new life into that whole scene. So she's got a lot of support there too.
0: And as for how things will go down on Sunday, it's a pretty low-key affair. On Sunday night, our time, Margretta will sign a declaration of abdication. And then in the early hours of Monday morning, our time, Frederick and Mary will step out onto the balcony at Christiansborg Palace, which is where they'll be proclaimed king and queen consort. And if that's piqued your interest, we've got something for you. After the episode, you'll find a bonus squiz shortcut on Mary and the Danish royal family. There's lots of great stuff in that, so you'll have your talking points sorted. So listen on after this episode. If you were on any news sites yesterday, you might have seen the headlines about deadly riots in Papua New Guinea, which have left at least 16 people dead. They happened after local police went on strike,
1: Claire. Yeah, so that was over a payroll issue and it meant that no police were working on Wednesday and that opened the door for local riots. Prime Minister James Marape said that it wasn't everyone involved in that. There were certain groups of the community who took part. There's plenty of photos of the damage done to businesses in Port Moresby, which is Papua New Guinea's capital, also in the second largest city of Lae, And there's also reports of significant looting. The local officials... say that the unrest is at an unprecedented level and there are many who are putting pressure on Marape to resign.
0: Yeah, but he's refusing those calls at the moment. Instead, he's told troublemakers not to take to the streets and do anything and everything they feel. But Marape doesn't have long to sort it out and get things back on track. A grace period that prevents a vote of no confidence in his leadership by his parliamentary colleagues will expire next month. Nearly 20 million voters in Taiwan are heading to the polls tomorrow. They'll be voting for a new president. And the name to keep an ear out for, Claire, is the wildcard candidate, Ko Wenger.
1: Yeah, so he is the former mayor of Taipei. He doesn't really have as much political experience as his rivals, though. Despite that, he's built a really big online following, and that's thanks to his humour. He's got apparently a bit of a comedic style (laughs) that's off the cuff. Uh, He also has a knack for stirring the pot. So, he's become a bit of a surprising star of this campaign. And there are some political analysts there who suggest his influence will grow even after the election, even if he doesn't win. So that's made things difficult in this campaign for the two main front runners. That's Lai Ching Tay from the Democratic Progressive Party, which is the incumbent party. Uh, Also the Kuomintang candidate, Hu Yui.
0: Whoever does come out on top, though, will have their work cut out for them. The job involves a lot of managing Taiwan's relationship with China, which is both its biggest threat and the largest trade partner. The president will also have to keep Western leaders on side, given the ongoing tension in the South China Sea. We've mentioned it a couple of times this week, Claire, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the coming fortnight again. The Australian Open is kicking off on Sunday and one Aussie who's feeling pretty confident about it is Alex Demonor.
1: Yeah, so Demonor is the 10th seed uh, and he's going in in a pretty strong position. He's notched up some wins in recent weeks against some of the top 10 players. He'll need to keep that top form going, though, because the draw hasn't been particularly kind to him. In the first round, he's starting off against the Canadian former World number no. 3, Milos Rejnic. Uh That hasn't deterred Demonor, though. And look, Alice, they say in... Tennis, like a lot of sports, it's actually the mental game (laughs) that all of these decisions are made and all of the results are set. What De says is, why not this Australian Open coming up for a win? So good luck to him.
0: Yeah, I love to see the confidence there. And Claire, in the women's draw, the world number one, Iga Sviatek hasn't got an easy run either. She'll be up against some top players who are returning from pregnancy and injury, And another Aussie who we won't see on the courts this time around is Nick Kyrgios, but he will still be involved. He's commentating for the broadcaster Eurosport alongside Boris Becker, who he notoriously does not get along with. So that should be entertaining,
1: at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I imagine there might be a headline or two coming from that.
0: Claire, you informed me of this yesterday. Today, January 12, is Quitter's Day. It's the day when most people are likely to give up on their New Year's resolutions. So... Happy Quitter's Day, if that's you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'd like to be able to say that after making a New Year's resolution like quitting smoking or quitting (laughs) drinking, it's the day when these things really take flight. But actually, it's about dropping your New Year's resolutions. And look, what it comes down to, the experts say, is that often we try to make really big changes too quickly. Um, We feel the need to succeed in the New Year, so we set these really high benchmarks. There's also something that they call hyperbolic discounting, um, which is where we choose smaller immediate rewards over bigger later ones. So uh, let's have the hamburger now over losing 20 kilos by the end of the year. Um, I was mostly thinking that it's because like just being good is really hard and it can be boring, but apparently there's all this psychology to it.
0: Yeah. Well, I would go for the hamburger to be honest. So maybe I should be celebrating (laughs) Quitter's Day myself. The experts say don't despair though, Claire. They reckon small and consistent changes are the key to long-term improvements. No pressure on that, though. Do what you need to do. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure
1: from us, that's for sure.
0: Claire, there is probably a little bit of pressure on this, though. The first Friday lights of 2024. (laughs) What have you got for us?
1: Well, to go to the recipe, the only thing I really sort of made out of my usual routine over the Christmas break was some um, Vietnamese meatballs. They're a pork meatball. They're caramelised and really delicious. And they've got lots of really fresh flavours like mm. garlic and lemongrass and all of those good things. What you do is you put it with some vermicelli and also some salady bits and pieces and a really zingy dressing. So it's a bit of a salad, but it's a bit substantial as well. It's a really nice meal.
0: Yeah, perfect for summer. I'll pop the link to that one in the episode notes Today. And before we sign off, we just want to point Squizzes to our news club show. Today and the weekend is a great time to get that up on your app and subscribe. There's two great episodes to point to. You and Kate have a chat with Sammy J and Lauren Sams about their take on the year ahead, Claire.
1: Yeah, we sure did that, and they're super smart people. They had some really great observations about the news and also what's coming up this year, so highly recommend both of those episodes for a listen. Uh, What you won't see in News Club is a new episode of the Weekly Wrap coming out tomorrow. Kate and I will get back into that in the coming weeks.
0: That's it for us today. Have a great Friday and weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week